Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been talking lately about this choice that we need to make. It's this choice between two roads, two pathways, two highways. And I'm encouraging all of you to do exactly what I just, what we just read aloud together. And that is to stand at the crossroads and look, ask questions, and then choose the ancient path, which is the good way. Choose the windy, scenic river route that provides so much more texture and experience than the interstate highway. <laughs> Anything's better than I-35 or I-30. I, I call it Adventure Highway, and it's the faith journey of a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, guys. You see, it, it's about our lives on this earth with our destination of being eternal life. And today I'm going to be talking about this concept that the Bible calls abundant living. In fact, this is important because Jesus came to this earth as, as we've been talking about, he came to this earth as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus came here so that we could have abundant life. Because of the cross, we have abundant life. And so, so we, we find this on our own adventure highway. So on this adventure highway, I just have to say that life is a journey. And I love road trips. I love road trips when I'm not in a rush, don't you? Uh, it, it's where you get to enjoy the, le- the, the landscape and the countryside and go through the small towns and enjoy the textures of those, you know, unique cultures that you encounter there. And there's just so much more. And when you travel this way, your journey becomes more rewarding. And that's what this series is about. See, I don't want the world to dictate to me what my experience should be like through life. I want to enjoy life. In fact, I want to feast on the liveliness around me. And that's what we're learning to do and to enjoy right here at City Life. And so I do encourage every one of you to slow down. And pick up the manna that God has provided for us because it's hard to pick up manna when you're driving 80 miles per hour down the interstate. See, our lives are chopped up and they're, then they get compressed and squeezed and smashed and crammed into a can, you know. I don't believe this is God's plan for your life. Nope. How many, how many of you have had spam before? You, you, you've had spam. Hey, listen, when I was a kid, here's the truth, spam was a staple in my home. It, it was. We, we ate spam all the time. And, and it, because I perceived it to be a miracle ham in a can. And, and really, we had, we had spam and eggs. I loved it when my mom made that. We had grilled spam on a plate. We had spam sandwiches. I mean, I thought everyone loved spam until one day in college. I was jolted to the fact that somebody didn't. See, I had bought some spam, and I brought it into my apartment. And Kenny, my roommate, Kenny McFessel, who, who's a, I, he's a pastor in Arkansas now, of all places. But, but he... he I, I, was, I was, was cooking my Spam and eggs and, and Spam sandwiches. I was just doing everything within my apartment. And he comes in and he totally freaks out. He walks in the door and the sniffs of the fragrance of Spam in the air. And he, he, he just, all of a sudden, he starts yelling. And he's going, Sp-. He, he did this. This is weird. I know it's crazy. But he starts yelling. He goes, Spam? Spam? He said, who eats Spam? And, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. And, and he, he, he's like, spam is disgusting. 
You can't eat that stuff because it, it, he just says, it stinks. He goes, I can't stand the smell of it. So he started going through the, the apartment and opening all the, the windows and he opened the, the doors and he proceeded to humiliate me in front of my neighbors, telling me, man, my roommate likes spam. And the neighbor went, ugh. Now, the, the truth is, I usually don't let things like that bug me. It's like, hey, you know what? You have a different opinion than me. Life goes on, whatever. But this one actually got to me. So I, so I read the label and I went, hmm, you know, it's product. I don't even know what is in this thing. And, 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 and I started to reconsider the value of this famous canned protein product here. I was at the store the other day and saw it and I had to pick up a can. And the truth is, I don't use it anymore. But this, life in the city can be a lot like this. Our lives are crammed into this can of spam and it, it ends up being unhealthy in every way. And here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Reject the spam approach to life. Suzanne, I'll give it to you and let's see what you can do with that, that can of spam right there, all right? See, because the truth is your life is too valuable to God and to the people around you to allow it to be crammed into a can of spam. Plus, if you eat that stuff, I, I, I'm certain that you will not live the long life that you want to live. You guys have probably heard me say I, I plan to live to be 100. I've said that for a while, and I actually really, truly believe that to be the case. And when I, uh, when I discovered that the Blue Zones Project in Fort Worth was challenging our city to adopt certain healthy habits to help us to get to be 100, well, naturally, it grabbed my attention. I thought, well, okay, this is, this is interesting. And, and why would it grab my attention? Well, it, it's because I'm on this adventure highway. I'm going to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Now, the question that Blue Zones asks, and that's why I, 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 I have enjoyed being a part of this process, they ask this question, what will truly add to longevity? Well, I wanted to find out what their answer was. And basically what they did is they simplified it down into what, what they call the Power Nine Principles. And but even here's what's even more amazing. In fact, our own mayor stood here and said it herself, is that five of those Blue Zones Power Nine Principles directly reflect what the church has always offered. In other words, get this, researchers have traveled the world attempting to discover the healthiest habits that cause people to live to be past 100, and they basically arrived at a list of lifestyle cho uh, choices that directly reflect what the church has been saying all along. And it's funny that some people say church is irrelevant. Well... I say you are now entitled to officially scoff at those uneducated folks who would say such nonsense. Here, here, here. Tell them, look at the research. Or maybe they just want to keep rushing down the unhealthy interstate of their own lives, inhaling exhaust fumes on their way to the road that leads to destruction, which is not in my opinion, but is, I believe, according to the scriptures, which I believe to be fact, it is utter foolishness. Now, in fact, I want, you to, I want to show you some of the Blue Zones research because I, I read the book and I discovered that several of their Power Nine principles almost sound like excerpts from many of my sermons. And it, wasn't, and, and, and it wasn't about how to live longer hooked up to a machine and bedridden, but how to live a long life with a high quality of life. And here's one of them. It's, it's know your purpose. Do you realize if you know your purpose, according to them, this will add seven years to your life. I mean, I just thought, I just finished with a whole sermon series called Purpose and Destiny. See, if you know why God puts you on this earth and you begin to live it out in the midst of your hectic life in the middle of a big city, you will live longer. And plus, they put in this one that the research concludes you'll actually live seven years longer. I mean, come on, it's a no-brainer. 
Here's another one, downshift. Now, this is what I call the Sabbath principle. According to Blue Zones, their research, the world's longest-lived people have routines that shed stress, such as prayer and Sabbath and other things like that. In other words, they take time to downshift to engage in positive reflection, and they show gratitude. It's like stopping the car on the side of the road and taking a stroll through the countryside. And I think, hmm, you know, that sounds like what the Bible tells us to do. I would say the scriptures are relevant. In fact, this one right here is actually one of God's Ten Commandments, the one that I break the most. And <laughs> to be honest with you, but another of these longevity hacks is this. It's, it's, the, it's the one that they call belong. Mayor Price talked about this, saying, you know, 10 to 20 years of your life from one study, and I, I think that's pretty cool. I like those numbers, but Blue Zones itself says this will add 4 to 14 years of your life. I'm just thinking, just add that to purpose, and man, you can get up to 21 more years. Like, yeah, it, it, it's profound. Here, here's what's profound, because their own research only gives numbers of years added to a person's life to only two of their power nine principles, and that's know your purpose and belong. You know, the principle of belong states this, is that 98% of the people over 100 belong to faith-based communities. I know some people say, well, church is a waste of time, but their own secular research studying people all over the world has come to the conclusion that attending church four times a month will add four to 14 years to your life, and that is quality life if you go to church. Now, it makes a lot more sense when you read what the scriptures are saying now about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, especially when times are stressful. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> it's all true. Here's another one of their principles. It's loved ones first, and that's about healthy marriages and family. And, and you may not be married, and you may not even have a family yet. I don't know, but, but most likely someday you will. And their research says families come first for the people who live the longest. And that means being committed to your spouse, investing in your children and your grandchildren with time and with love. It's about simply spending quality time and quantity time with family. You know, is this not what the church teaches over and over? And now research shows us that when you nurture a healthy home life, you will be healthy physically and you will live longer. Another one of their power nine principles is this called right tribe. That's basically having healthy buddies. It says that the longest lived people, they are part of social circles who support their healthy habits. In other words, churches and small groups and friendship networks. I mean, I had a whole series of sermons that I preached on this topic just last year. And now the research says that having a tribe of healthy buddies who pressure you and who discourage you from the bad habits and who pressure you and encourage you into healthy habits, you're going to live longer. That's what the church does. So, so what I'm saying is that many of, of the keys to thriving on the adventure highway are actually already written into the scriptures, and, and they can no longer be ignored by unbelievers. The facts are in. The ancient path wins. In fact, in the summer of 2009, 
psychologist George Valiant, he told the Atlantic Monthly uh, magazine something amazing. He'd been the director of this study that had been going on for 70 years, following people through life, determining what made people flourish. And he himself directed the study for over 40 years, and uh, he spent almost all of his career, and what he did is he studied the happiest, most full, abundant lives, and they went back to these people, and they interviewed these same people year after year after year. And he said his results could be summed up in one word. 70 years of research summed up in one word. The word is love. He said, love, full stop, pure and simple. 70 years of data, and they arrive at what Jesus originally said, that our relationships with other people matter. So when I talk about Adventure Highway, I'm talking about this journey of this abundant life. And, and, and the thing is, though, at the same time, we have to be reminded of it so often because our culture screams something different at us. 2015 was a year of change for me. As many of you know, almost right at 12 months ago now, I experienced a TIA, which is a mini stroke. I was exercising at the gym, and I picked up a barbell, and, and it just slipped right out of my left hand, and, and I had no grip. And then a few moments later, my hand began to burn. It just felt like it was on fire. And I, I entered my workout and went out to the car and started listening to my body and trying to figure out what's going on. And I discovered that my hand was now going numb. And, and then I realized the side of my face was numb. Crash. And uh, so I just drove over to Walmart real quick and grabbed some aspirin off the shelf, popped, it, popped the lid, and took one and chewed it because you know, like, at least I knew to do that. Then the next thing is like, well, that means blood pressure or something, something. I don't know. So I went and bought a blood pressure monitor, and, and I, I put it on and, and did it and, and looked it up to see what these numbers actually mean. And I realized my blood pressure is high, and I'd never seen this before. And it's like, how can this be happening to me? After months of doctor's visits and multiple tests, it came down to this. I was eating and exercising just fine. In fact, I was very, very healthy except for my blood pressure. So the doctor began to question me about sleep habits, downshifting, time with family, walking in my purpose more than trying to make everybody happy, taking a day off once a week. And what I discovered was <laughs> is that I was getting, started watching my sleep, I was getting five and a half hours of sleep on the average. That wasn't good. But that was tough. I was taking about one, maybe a day and a half off per month. In other words, here's the truth, and I don't mind just sharing this with you. I needed to begin practicing what the preacher has been preaching. See, because when you don't practice what you preach, that makes you out to be a hypocrite. I was living hypocrisy, and I was guilty. I don't mind standing in front of you and saying it. Hypocrite, number one right here. I decided to change still working at it. Today, my blood pressure is usually in the normal realm. I get more sleep. I'm averaging about seven hours and 45 minutes of sleep per night now, and it was hard to get there. I'm spending more time with my family. I'm not feeling guilty when I don't do things that other people think I should do, things that I'm not wired for or called to do or anointed to do, and I take a day off. Why? It's because I want to live to be 100. I want to keep living this abundant life. I long for a high-quality life, and that's why I'm committing uh, to you that, that we as a church, as we move down this adventure highway, that we need to keep preaching and keep living this thing called abundant life because your ways of living actually maximize your journey. 
as your pastor, I have a vision for all of us to be living certain ways. I want us to be living free. I mean, I want us to be living liberated and joyful. I long to see you living your purpose and set free from, from, from things in your life that are literally sucking and draining the life out of you. I envisioned all of us to be liberated and joyful because that's what Jesus brings. I have a vision for us to be living holy. And that means pure and forgiven. It doesn't mean that you're perfect because no one's perfect, but living holy means you don't have to carry the weight of your sin. It means you don't have to carry around the burden of your mistakes, and that will put a smile on your face in no time at all, and that's what Jesus brings. See, I have a vision for us to be living whole, which is healthy and healed. It means that we're working together to be relationally and physically and emotionally healed. In fact, this is even at the center of the cross, the center of the gospel of Jesus. I have a vision for us to be living forward, which is focused on the future, not living in and controlled by your past, not obsessed with and manipulated by what other people have done to you or sidelined by your own failures or reliant upon your successes and enamored by the wonderful things you've done either. See, around here, we just say the past is the past. Quit looking in your rearview mirror. Let's press on into the high calling of Jesus. I have a vision for us to be living outward, which is living for others. See, living for self is a counterfeit hope, and it will make you die young. Living in the company, uh, you know, living for your company, as I know you do live in your company, living for your company is going to drive you to the grave because that company most likely won't even be around in 30 years. Instead, live outward. Live for and with others. See, Fort Worth is a city that's, that's rich in relationships, and I strongly urge you to love the people around you, the, the people that are in this church, the, the people that are in this city. I mean, just, just simply love Fort Worth. Jeremiah, the prophet, he said this, and I love what he said, and I, 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 I added some terminology in here because he has the words the city, and so I took the city, and I just put my city's name in there. And he says this, and this is really what I'm saying to you, customized for four that says seek the peace and prosperity of the city of fort worth pray to the lord for fort worth for if fort worth prospers you too will prosper did you know that's in the bible see we need to bless our city because fort worth is our temporary place of refuge on our adventure highway toward that place of eternal refuge which is the great eternal city of god See, we're, we're temporary citizens in the city of Fort Worth, yet we are permanent citizens in the city of God. And God doesn't tell us to hate our city and love God, nor, does, nor do the scriptures tell us to love the city and hate God. No, no, no. The call is to love God and love the city and to pray for the city, and, and, and we will find our own welfare when we seek the welfare of the city. You want to know why I care about what Blue Zones is doing? It's because I'm doing the scriptures as a pastor. I'm not afraid to do that. I've had others look at me and say, how dare you mix the things of the culture with the city, with, with the gospel? I was like, you know what? They have a lot of the elements in the gospel and what they're promoting, and I seek the benefit of my city. I want the welfare of my city. You see, I love it, because Jeremiah uses this word shalom, which, which is, is translated peace and prosperity. In some of your Bibles, it might say welfare. And it's, this is a Hebrew term that we see a lot, shalom. Most people think of shalom as peace. But I'm telling you, it embodies way, way much more than that. I asked my, my Jewish rabbi friend over at the mayor's office just the other day about, I was like, tell me about this word I'm preaching on it Sunday. And, oh man, he couldn't stop talking. 
See, it means completeness of well-being. It means the universal wholeness and delight and blessing. Shalom, which is what Jeremiah says we're supposed to bring to the city. And when we bring it to the city, it comes back to us. It means a rare state of affairs where natural needs are satisfied. It's a setting where your natural gifts are fully employed. Shalom is this image of multidimensional wholeness, spiritually, physically, materially, psychologically, economically. You see, this comes when Christians work within the context and the culture of our city, seeking its common good according to the Bible. See, City Life, we are to seek the shalom of Fort Worth. And when the city shaloms, we shalom. The prayer that I prayed here is not just some foolish religious jabber that I did with our leaders. No, it's real and it works so that we can have shalom, the Bible says, when we pray for our leaders. You see, God loves the city. We love the city because the city is the place where culture is created and it's shaped. And, and, and the city is where people live. And, and God loves people. Therefore, because the city is full of people, God loves our city. Fort Worth matters to God because the people of Fort Worth matter to God. And there are a whole lot of people here. So how do we love Fort Worth? Well, it's in the great commandment, which is love your neighbor, be engaged, truly care about your neighbor, and, and don't just see your neighbor as a project to be fixed. You know, a religious leader came to Jesus and he said, hey, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied back and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And he didn't stop there. He added something on. He said, and the second is like it. You see, because that can't stand alone. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love people. It's the foundation for everything the church is called to do. And we at City Life do both with enthusiasm. In fact, next Sunday, we'll be talking about dealing with offense. We're choosing to refuse to live our lives with offense toward other people. I love it. The mayor said, oh, I loved it when I got your email last week. I just thought that was the best picture ever, and I showed people your picture. I'm like, really? You read my emails? It's like, oh, yeah, I loved it. Like, that's pretty cool. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have, have the mayor of your city uh, talking about what your next sermon series is going to be. And that's, that's, I'll just bottom line say it. That's some pretty good uh, PR out there, and it's just cool beans. I don't know, I don't know how that happens. In fact, it's even specifically listed in the scriptures as not being offended is a critical key to loving your neighbor. Moses said this. Moses said, do not seek revenge and do not bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. See, this is the kind of stuff that gives you a long life. It's the Jesus lifestyle. I call it Adventure Highway. In fact, Adventure Highway is the commitment to an abundant life. It's rejecting the spam approach to life. So which road will you choose? Yeah, I do plan to live 100, but this life is not my ultimate prize, though. It's only the journey. It is my Adventure Highway. The ultimate is actually my destination, which is eternity with Jesus in the, the most amazing city of God. It's total, eternal health where my leg is going to operate normal. It's everlasting life. 
You see, Fort Worth is a wonderful location for my adventure highway, and I'm loving the journey, but I tell you, Fort Worth is a great city, but my destination is the ultimate city, and it's called New Jerusalem. And, And that's a place where there will be no night. There will be no pain. There will be no tears. There will be no death. It's the place of ultimate, abundant life. And I want that for everyone. Truth is, yeah, you can even use the Blue Zones principles to squeeze out more rewarding years on this earth. But without eternal life, that in itself is a waste. And that's why Jesus shed his blood for you and he shed his blood for me. Because Jesus is not willing that one person should die, but that all should come to him through repentance. See, he wants to give abundant life. That's what I'm offering you today eternal, abundant life with Jesus. Would you close your eyes for just a moment and focus internally? If you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about and have a clean slate, if you want to live the rest of your life with a renewed sense of purpose, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to do a very simple response. If you want to be included in the closing prayer that I'm going to offer, uh, and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm just going to ask you to simply raise your hand, and I'll connect my faith with you. And Because faith is when we respond outwardly regarding what's happening inwardly. Because God loves you so much and he died for you so that you could have life and life to the full, abundant life. And everything can change today. Please lift your hands so that I can connect with you and pray. Lift your hands if you want Jesus today. Lift your hand. Pastor, please pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? You want Jesus today. Thank you. You can put your hands down, guys. Thank you so much. I want you guys to pray these words with me. In fact, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I want everyone just to stand for just a moment. I want everybody standing together, and I want you to pray these words out loud with me. In fact, entire congregation, pray these words along with those who raise their hands. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I now receive eternal life with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You know, as you prayed that, that is a simple act of saying, I am choosing Christ. We're going to sing this this one closing song, then we're going to wrap up, and then you guys are going to get all kinds of cool Blue Zone stuff back there. But I want us to worship God. Remember, it's loving God and understanding His calling our lives. Come on, let's sing this chorus. Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information on how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you. 